Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. What's up, Ninfrendos? It's Nintendo Voice Chat, episode 681. It's me, your host, Seth Macy, straight from the Techno Dungeon. This week, I am joined by People's Champion, Reb Valentine. What is up to Mr. Seth Macy? Hello. 
Jada, every podcast, Griffin. <laughs> that is me. You know, honestly, I've been on every podcast but Unlocked. That's the only one I haven't done. They just haven't invited me on it. Mm, they should They should really get on that. <laughs> yeah, otherwise the nickname doesn't work. Yep. And then Tom, Mark Tom's Marks, back <laughs> for the first time since forever. Yeah. Dad of the year right here. <laughs> right there. Tom. So happy Thank to you. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. I'm I yes, if the people didn't hear, I don't talk about it very much, but I, I had a kid three months ago Yay! and that's where I've been. Hooray. Yep. And so I'm very sleepy, but happy to be back. <laughs> you will be sleepy for a decade. So, and then by the time you're not, you're just tired because you're old. But, <laughs> all right. Before we get into this week's show, a few things I have to do. A little housekeeping. First of all, check out my IGN shirt club shirt. Dubious Foods. Wait, I'm leaning the wrong way. You can go to the iGen store, get this right now, limited time. Only, if you don't get it, you're going to have to go on eBay where it will undoubtedly become a hot collector's item. But yeah, this one is pretty sick, and I'm actually really stoked to be wearing it. But the other thing that has nothing to do with video games, even. Um, last week, I talked about how I was going to go pick some apples off the apple tree <gasps> in the backyard. Um, I don't remember the name of the cultivar of apple that I have in my backyard, but it produces very large apples. And I wanted to show you this extremely Ooh, large. How do you like apple. them apples? That's a juicy one. These are big old funky boys, and this is the size, literally the size of a softball. See, but this is so deceptive. That is a big apple. Can we get like an ASMR crunch test? No, no, no. This is for my wife is going to make an apple cake because my birthday is approaching. This is, maybe an apple pie. This is a classic, though. like classic banana for scale problem, though, because Seth Macy is an extra large sized human. You're like That's twelve true. feet tall, so yeah. the apple kind of looks normal, which means it is enormous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is the bananas that I bought. I was going to do the banana for scale, but the bananas, for whatever reason, at the store are also huge this week. So <laughs> they I grow have things differently in Maine, apparently. I guess do yeah. Our famous banana plantations that we have in Maine. <laughs> All right, just the producing but what do you have yeah, that you uh, can compare it to do you have like an n64 cartridge or something sitting around uh yeah <laughs> you don't have a banana do you have donkey kong 64 i mean yeah it's sitting in a 64 playing here's uh, a uh, a regular nes controller oh yeah that's a pretty big apple. apple that, that is, is an extremely yeah. large apple yeah <laughs> it's a huge apple it probably weighs like literally it probably weighs about a pound so that's exciting <laughs> it looks amazing that's, I'm super uh, hey jealous. thanks for joining us on uh apple voice chat <laughs> Oh, you know what I should have done? I should have done it next to my iPhone. Um, it's an Apple. Uh, I've been comparing apples to apples. Listen, I went to the gym this morning. I got a huge, like, awesome <laughs> pump. I'm feeling incredible today. So anyway, let's oh get God. into it. Not a lot happening in the world of Nintendo. Uh, they announced some Animal Crossing Lego sets, like, this morning. Yeah. Like, just said that they, they like acknowledged their existence. They didn't tell us anything they else. Look cute. Horrible. Yeah. Those are going to be going fast. But because that's the only thing that's happening, and it was the only thing, and it only happened this morning, we have gathered together this week to talk about some Switch hidden gems, some indie wrecks. Because one of the things that people want to hear the most, according to uh, research firm NPD Group, which is not called that anymore, <laughs> is they <laughs> specifically, market research shows they want Reb and Tom give any recommendations and so we brought them here with jada who also banging recommendations one of the most talented video game players on earth 
Um, so these are all going to be certified just heaters. These are going to be incredible games. If you don't like, if you don't like one of these recommendations, that's on you. <laughs> that is your fault. This is oh, a really long list, so I actually think that's between all four of us plus the recommendations read through and a yeah, comment. Yeah, if you don't find a him, game so. that you like on this list, I don't know what you else might not like video you. games. Yep. You're probably one of those people who's like, oh, Christmas, Blah. I would rather sleep in that day than have uh, food. And They're the people who are at Halloween handing out like dental floss instead of candy. Oh. If oh. you hand out dental floss on Halloween, no excuse for what happens to your car or your house. Like I get it. Like, it's a, <laughs> dental hygiene is extremely important. I had lots Here of surgery because I ignored that uh, for a while. Um, Everything's fine now. So, yeah, no, throw eggs at people's houses on Halloween is what I'm advocating for. <laughs> so, anyway. Brush um, your teeth. Jada, you, yeah, brush your teeth, floss. Floss is so important. People don't, anyway, actually eating an apple is very good for your teeth. Mm -hmm. Jada, what's up? What you got for us? All right. This week? So, uh, you know, I, I know we're talking indies and hidden gems and such. I'm going the triple a or quadruple a route because all my games start with the letter a so it's maybe a little confusing ah, <laughs> ah. uh the first one i'm going oh come on it's kind of great right that was such a that was a good joke and nobody i laughed wait wait me? nobody laughed it? at me wait what went, did you ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic i love Boo. it the second no time around even better than the first time Boo. no one laughed and it was correct <laughs> <laughs> Stick to the apples. Uh, this is Tom's last appearance as a father on our show. Was that a threat for my kid? Like, no, wait, I would never. Oh, oh my goodness. Like, oh my. Where is this going? <gasps> oh, it's man. going back to Jada. Jada. All right. Uh, so we'll start off with the biggest one on the list, and that's going to be Astral Chains. Um, Astral Chains is one of those games where you've heard about it. Everybody's like, why don't you talk about this game more? Why isn't this in more lists? Yeah. This game is fantastic. It is a, it's platinum games uh, at some yeah. of their best. Um, just over the top action, just really good, very stylistic, um, solid storyline. Um, and it's just like, ugh, I, I, it's one of those games you just kind of need to play it yeah. to really understand what, where its brilliance is. Um, but yeah, I just, I loved everything about it. And I haven't put, enough time into this i've played probably i don't know maybe a, a third of it um but man i love it so much it's just it came out during a time when a lot of other things were out and it got overshadowed by a lot of things but highly recommend astral chains it's also probably one of the more pricier ones on uh for that i that we're gonna probably be recommending today but uh definitely definitely recommend astral chains if you like bayonetta you like devil may cry um uh, you're gonna be yeah. right at home with astral chains and their just all their their gameplay and combat scenarios for that one yeah, yeah this is one of those games that when it goes on sale it's forty dollars that's the sale price. yep so i yeah. don't know why because nobody ever talks about it it's so we got some prime day stuff coming we got black friday hopefully it'll be like 20 bucks and then i'll scoop it for sure it is like surprisingly good i remembered looking at it and thinking oh this is you know going to be another kind of like throwaway slashy anime game there's a whole lot of those uh but i watched my uh I don't know, live in romantic marital spouse uh, play through this. Uh, and uh, yes. he, he really seemed to dig it. And, and it, the combat looked nice and it's very crunchy. It's, it's crunchy, fluid. It's yeah. fluid. It's crunchy. You feel it's the good. impact. It's great. It feels it feels like a very solid action game. Highly recommend it. Nice. Uh, nice. All right. Astral Chain. This goes out to that one guy who's always picked it just for you. It's on Twitter. It's like, why have we never? <laughs> why doesn't anyone ever mention Astral Chain? one of the greatest games of all time 
you should be talking about it every week. I'm like, because nobody is thinking about it. Unfortunately, they should be. They the should time. be. Yeah, I agree. Well, now I hope everyone is thinking about it. It's like, don't think of a pink elephant. <sighs> so don't think of. <laughs> don't think of Mario Elephant Mario. Don't think it. Impossible. Challenge level impossible. I think about Elephant Mario every day since they revealed him. Yep. <laughs> every day we grow closer to our Mario Elephant future. We've only got like two weeks. It's Stoked. great. I can't I wait. Know, I know. That's not a hidden gem, though. Jada, what you got next? Uh, my us. next one is a little indie title uh, called Ape Out. Um, and Ape Out with your nape out. <laughs> uh, Ape Out is this great little kind of top-down game where you play as this ape that has ex- escaped, and you have to get from point A to point B while dodging uh, security cameras, guards, um, everything like that. But uh, you don't have to, you know, just avoid them. You can, you know, grab them, use them as bodyguards nice. or body armor, uh, uh, throw them at each other, slam them into walls, use them to break through walls uh, or like glass yeah. and such. Um, it's great it's a lot of fun it's very quick and frantic um and it's got a a lot of levels so like very fun very quick kind of like pick up and play action um i forgot that you can use them to shoot their guns and just obliterate everybody and it's great yeah ripping doors off of walls uh there's those alarms music too yeah if you're watching the footage Mm -hmm. right now and thinking oh that looks really like smashy and snappy the percussive soundtrack that goes with it Ooh. yes there's like this freeform jazz soundtrack to it that every Every action you take kind of adds like a thing to the nice. and it's just so yeah. it, it feeds into the game so well dynamic so it's, it's about the notes you don't play basically yep except in this case the notes you're playing are murder so yeah it, like they're, they're pretty important well maybe they shouldn't have put an ape in a cage at the top of a skyscraper yeah, i don't know exactly. think before you classic act. mistake classic it's mistake. like classic yeah mistake. it's like ape 101 you tell you to by the way Check out Chimp Empire on Netflix. That show is awesome. You want to see some apes going crazy. Ape. But real real life ones, not like these ones. Jada, what's up? What's next? Oh my goodness. Uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump around because uh, I'm forgetting my number three one, but my number four one is an upcoming one that ha- currently has a demo on the Steam on Steam right now, um, but will also be dropping on Switch later. And that is Another Crab's Treasure by Agro Crab. Uh this is if you like Souls like games, but you uh you know wanted a more cutesy approach to them, another crab's treasure is right up your alley. Um okay. you uh plays this little crab named Krill under the water under under that's the sea that's a totally different animal and it is um but it's fine um you play as a dog named seagull <laughs> i'm sorry i mean it's um, like naming your child elephant mario yeah exactly um but yeah uh, tom said not to talk about his daughter's name <laughs> so. my goodness um but yeah uh another crab's treasure super delightful very solid mechanics for a Souls-like game. Like, I was playing it yesterday on PC, um, and it feels just so smooth. It's still, like, like kind of... It's still, like, in development, but they did such a great job with it. All the different little... uh, bottles and um shot glasses and ice cream cones and cans that you can use um put on your back they all have different uh magical abilities and give you different spells so depending on which one you have equipped gives you different things so like wearing a ice cream cone allows you to do an aoe freeze that freezes people nearby uh like that soda cans launch um bubbles that are like are homing 
that launch in on people. So it's, you just hit people with bubbles, which is great. Um, and there's some really solid accessibility options in there too. Uh, my favorite of which is uh, if you look deep enough in the accessibility options, you can give Krill a gun. Yeah. Um, and so if you don't want to have to deal with the blocking, dodging, parrying, anything like that that normally is in a Souls game, just give Krill a gun and then just go around and oh, shooting yeah. other crabs and creatures under the sea. That is a phenomenal accessibility option. Um, yeah, it's I just, love that. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's just like, it's not something I expected to see. It's good. Um, but super welcome. And it's great because, you know, everybody can kind of, if you get to ever get stuck on something, you can just kind of yeah. gun. Give, nobody, give yourself a gun. Nobody can complain like, oh, easy mode for babies. It's like, dude, they gave a crab a gun. Yep. Like, what, what more do you want? Yeah. Are these people Shush. against crabs having guns? Really? Yeah. Apparently they are. Because they're like, oh, fun? That sounds like something I'm not interested it's in. It's 2023. Get with the program. Yep. It's 2023. Our crabs should be armed. And they're, they're, like, this Thank isn't you. the first game where we've had crabs fighting. There was, uh, there was like the, I think there was another one on Steam that had like you literally were just like fencing with crabs against other crabs, and yeah. it's great. Let's not forget giant enemy crabs. Yeah. <laughs> From, yeah. We need more. We need more crabs in our games. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Crabs are cool. Like <clears throat> crabs are. Crabs awesome. are cool. They're they're an interesting, not particularly intelligent creature that tastes delicious. Um. <laughs> and for my money, it doesn't get much better than something that tastes good and is dumb because then you don't quite feel so ethically um, torn about eating it. <laughs> I had the most amazing crab tofu soup the other day. It was so good. Oh, freaking amazing. Don't even get me started. I, I might just go down to the shore and see what I can find <laughs> under some rocks <laughs> later on. <laughs> Jay, did you have anything okay, else Okay, I do us? remember my fourth and final one. And I nice. apologize, Red, I did not put this one in the show notes. I've talked about this one in the past on the show um, and mo many podcasts, but I always got to give a shout out to my bud um, that uh, Aerial Knights never yield. Yeah. Um, that game is fantastic. Side-scrolling, running. The music is just... I'm not familiar with this one oh, at all. Oh, this one, Seth, you, you'll you want to play. It is fantastic. It's very fast-paced. The music is amazing. Story is... Uh, I don't want to say simple, but it's like it's straight to the point. Um, you basically you get all you, you're just focusing on jumping over, dodging, sliding over things. Uh, it's just really fast oh, paced. The music dude. goes with you is fantastic. There's some great um, bonus level challenges and stuff in there. Um, they there was a in the they, vein of like the Bit Trip Runner series, right? Sort yeah, of. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, very cool, very stylistic. I freaking love this game. Um, it was on my my trophy sprint, I think last year, um, where I platinumed like, I don't know, 15 games in two weeks or 16 games in two weeks, whatever I did last year. Um, but this is one of the ones on there and it's, keep like, that on beyond. This is the Nintendo podcast. Hey, you know what? I replayed yeah, it. On, I played it on switch. Here. I played it on switch yeah. and PlayStation. So, uh, there you go. Um, but yeah, satisfaction of a job well done is this all the achievement I need. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is my, uh, ah, uh, games of hidden that's gems. A solid, I like to suggest. That's a very solid good, list. Yeah. Uh, now it goes to Reb. You got to beat that. I forgot to tell you, this is a competition. I would I'm, never I'm dare score. to score points using video games, Seth. That's the whole point yeah. of video games, to get points, though. Oh, the point. Yeah, that's the point of getting... I'm going to oh. talk about the games on this list now. I can't do that. <laughs> uh, uh, for, so first up is a little game called Everhood, uh, which I believe just got, like, 
some sort of deluxe edition recently or, or an update or some more songs. I, I don't quite know. Uh, Everhood is a weird little game that looks like visually like Undertale. Like it's got that kind of like low... Lo-fi, Lo-fi yeah. lo style, uh, the the text, the, the font is very similar. Uh, the, the battles kind of have a similar staging to them. Uh, well, I think what we're looking at right now, if you're watching visually, is the trailer for Everhood 2, which is not out yet. Uh, Everhood 1 is this game where you play as a, a, a wooden puppet fellow called Red. Hi, Red. Uh, who loses his arm and it is stolen from him by a, a, a evil guy named Gold Pig. Uh, and you try to go get it back from him. And you you work your way through the world. Uh, it's sort of top-down exploration. There's puzzles to solve. Uh, and there are these battles that are musical battles. Uh, and they're rhythm-based. But instead of you having to move on the rhythm, the enemies attack on the rhythm. And you have to dodge on this this sort of field where you can move oh, back and cool. forth and jump. And it's they're really the music is really good it's really intense the battles are really cool um but the thing that i like the most about everhood is it it draws you in by sort of having the same visual style as undertale and so if you like the sort of subversion of typical rpgs that undertale did everhood feels like a meta commentary on that subversion hmm. because halfway through the so originally you're you're off to get your arm back from gold pig and that's the quest and halfway through the game you succeed you get your arm back. Mm. Sorry, spoilers, but you do. Sweet. But when you get your arm back, the game changes and the goal changes and what it's about changes. And the whole thing becomes this really interesting meta commentary on the whole idea in Undertale of monster deaths being significant. Mm. It is really mm. weird and cool and trippy and not at all what i expected and i freaking loved it uh it's also not very nice. long it's like single digit number of hours you should play everhood there's a sequel coming out sometime in the future i have no idea where they're going to take a sequel because the ending is not exactly something i expected a sequel from um, okay. but it's, it's dope as all get out all right so far you, your your first pick pretty darn good you might be on ahead of Jada. Wow, with one game? I know. Right. You, can't, you know, I can't com compare no, no, with no, the I people's mean, uh, champ. This, I'm, yeah. Just can't compete. <laughs> this isn't really a competition. I wouldn't pit anybody against one another well, without them knowing it beforehand. What's next, well, Reb? What I've got, got a long us? list, and Tom's got an even longer one, so we're going to keep going. Well, I, I know, and we have a long show. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to. I'm the yes, host. You do, if we want to just talk about games. Like, God forbid we talk about games the whole show. Oh, no. I, I kind of stream of consciousness my list. I was going to maybe slim it down, and then I didn't have time to before the show. So, no, no, no. You know. We're going we're gonna to power on through. Uh, so next up is a little game called Minute. Uh, that was my game of the year, I believe in 20... I can't remember if it came out in 2017 or 2018. I think it was 2018. Um, it sorry. is wow, a... It's a million years ago. I like, know. Very good. It's a top-down, uh, one-bit uh, exploration game. Uh, yeah. Oh, of, my God, I remember this. Sort, yeah. sort of Zelda-style in that regard. Uh, you're a little fellow, you and you pick up on the beach at the very beginning of the game a sword that is cursed. And the curse of the sword is that you can only play the game for one minute. So you have 60 seconds to do whatever it is you're going to do, and then you die and have to start over. Uh, and you're basically sort of trying to figure out how to accomplish the things you need to accomplish in the amount of time the game gives you. And that sounds insane, but it works. So there are certain things that you can get uh, that will uh, persist throughout each playthrough. So... Uh, Fairly early on, uh, you get a thing that gives you the ability to move boxes. Uh, and then after you've done that, you no longer need to do the steps 
it took to get the thing that lets you move boxes. You just have that ability from now on. And so you can always like move boxes. Uh, there's also a couple checkpoints throughout the game that will allow you to start in different places in the world. So you're no longer starting from your house each time when the 60 second counter runs out. Um, but yeah, you're basically trying to, it's, it's, you're constantly thinking it's very roguelike in that sense. It's Groundhog's Day. Yeah. You're, th yeah. you're thinking about it in terms of runs. Like, what am I going to accomplish in this 60 seconds? And the thing I love about Minute is that it's so tight. Whatever it is you need to do in that, everything is designed to mm -hmm. be done in that 60 minute or 60 second window. Um, and it just feels very cohesive and thought through. It feels complete in a way that I think a lot of games don't always nice. feel. It has the exact right amount of stuff in it in the exact right amount of places. Uh, it's really, just really nicely done. I love Minute. And that's M-I-N-I-T. Yes, Minute. And not to For sound like a broken record, but also a game with incredible music. Yes. Yep. I think I think most of my recommendations have really good soundtracks. So if you just want to listen to soundtracks, I'm here for you. <laughs> I sometimes will put the Wind Waker uh, Overworld theme on when I'm working the 10 hour loop. Oh, it's because I love I love it is a really good overworld. Theme. I did forget to mention that another Crab's Treasure music is yeah. a bop. It's so good. Crab music. It's it's no, it's it's like it's got like oh, it's, it's got like it's got like hip hop beats and everything. It is good. It nice. is. I was like, nice. oh, I was like, I know. I know what kind of person designed this. This some is somebody who's who's has messed around on a table Ooh. or whatnot. They've been mixing them for a while. Right. So like That's awesome. yeah. Um speaking of really good great DJs with their big claws. <laughs> yes. Speaking of really good music, uh another one that I love, love, love with all my heart that I think is one of the honestly it's one of my top ten of all time. Uh, is a game I've talked about Whoa. on the show before called Moon. Uh full name is like R Moon R RPG Remix Adventure or something like that. Um it is a game that originally came out in the nineties, only on the PlayStation and only in Japan. And a couple of years ago, Onion Games managed to localize it and bring it west and put it on the Switch. Uh so it's it's now available. It is the game that inspired Undertale, or one of a couple. Um, and you mm. you play as this child who gets sucked into the world of Moon, sucked into his own to a video game that he's playing, and discovers that the hero of this video game is not a hero at all. He's actually been slaying innocent animals and causing all sorts of trouble for the inhabitants inhabitants of this world. And so you sort of follow him on his adventure and try to repair the harm that he's done. So he's he's killed animals, so you can grab the souls of these animals and reattach them to their bodies and save them. Uh, you can help the inhabitants take care of their day-to-day -day problems and basically bring love gain, you gain levels you gain lv love uh, uh in the world of moon uh it is it runs on a a seven day internal like its own its own timer uh and you can you ha you can only early on in the game you can only stay awake for so long before you have to go to sleep uh and regain your energy for the next day but the more love you gain the longer you can stay awake and the more things you can do in a day um, so your, your goal is basically to get to know all the people in the world of moon and, and learn what their day-to-day -day habits are and what their problems are and help them solve their problems and help them, uh, gain love. That's just so wholesome. It's really cool. And you can see as you play through it, the, there's, there's one scene in particular that when you see it, if you're an undertale fan, you're like, Oh, this is just that thing in undertale. This is the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and th but the music is incredible. Um, I actually, not to promote my own work on a podcast I work for. Why um, would you not promote your own work? Couple, Please promote your own work. This, Everybody go follow Duck Valentine on Twitter. When this game came out, I interviewed the composers of Moon about how they composed this game. Because in most of Moon, there is no back. 
backing soundtrack. It's just quiet and there's like bird sound effects no or air. whatever. It's quiet. But you collect on your journey these things called moon discs. And then in a menu for the moon disc player that you get, you can build playlists of songs that will then play through your journey in the order that you set them. And you can have them repeat or you can have them like in whatever order you want. And the music is incredible. The, the composers for this game, they did a couple songs themselves, but then they went around to all the underground bands in Japan that they were friends with and got everybody to contribute a song. So there's all these Whoa. 90s underground Japanese bands in Whoa. this game attributed under their actual band names for just these songs they did solely for Moon. And it is is an incredible soundtrack that spans so many different genres and is so weird and not video gamey at all in the best way. That's awesome. Love it. Oh, I freaking love it. I actually, I listen to it all the time just as sort of background music. I'm, I'm hyped on this nice. one, on the music alone. It's so one. good. Also, same developer has announced a, it was on the, the most recent Nintendo Direct, uh, on the Japanese version of that Direct that we didn't see, they announced oh. their next game, which yeah. is yeah, yeah, called, yeah. yeah, it's called Stray Children. Um, I think it's, it looks so good. There's not a, there's not an international release date yet, but it, it again looks like it has sort of those Undertale earthbound kind of flavors. If that's, if that's the sort of thing that you like and I, I gosh, I'm so stoked for it. Man, I'm also now you get me stoked. I'm gonna go seek out this game. All these games I'm gonna buy and not play. Uh, all right, what have you got next? All right, next up, one shot. Uh, one shot is a game where you play as this young, like little cat person named Nico who wakes up in a dark room, doesn't know how he got there, and finds a light bulb, a very large glowing light bulb that he is told uh, by various people is the sun of the world. And he has been chosen to deliver the sun to the top of this tower, the center of the world, uh, which will save it. The world is actively in decay. It is about, like, literally about to fall apart as you are walking through it. People are looking around going, Yeah, the world's probably going to end tomorrow. Oh, God, what do we do? Uh, and you are the only person who can save it by delivering this light bulb except you are not nico nico is a separate character you the player are your own character in this game you to nico are god who is guiding him on his journey uh and he talks to you and you you have to help him make decisions and solve puzzles make god decisions using using your godlike powers to do things like look in the file directory of the game that you're playing uh or uh, mess around with settings on your desktop that Nico has not, no power to mess with. I remember seeing uh, trailers for this one. Like, I think we had this in one of our like indie showcase streams and stuff we've had. And I was like, this looks really interesting. So it's very cool. Um, it's called one shot because you're told at the beginning of the game, you only have one shot. Uh, there is no, you, you can't, it, it saves, but you can't like save scum or anything. Basically, mm. the, when you exit the game, you exit it at whatever point you are currently at. And it's like Nico kind of falls asleep and then he wakes up and he's like, oh, I had like a weird dream that you weren't here. Um, so there, there's no there's no going back and redoing things. You just play it all in one sort of stretch shot. Yeah, uh, it's really good. Sweet. Again, great soundtrack. Uh, beautiful little game. Beautiful. Love the art style yeah, on it. Looks like that one. I've never even saw that one before all right what you got next okay i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep keep powering through uh game that i reviewed for ign.com a couple years ago maybe last year i don't remember uh tome a little game where you go around these little 
diorama like worlds and take photos it's a photo taking game uh you're on a little photo taking adventure uh black and white world uh really really well designed like i describe midnight as being like very tight and complete tome i think has that same feeling where it just feels very intentional and put together in, the, in this nice way uh the photo taking options are not like super extensive this came out sometime around the vicinity of pokemon snap um and a lot of people were like sharing photos online and and the the options for like editing photos and doing things are not not there like you can zoom in and out and there's this like sort of a selfie thing and stuff but it's it's pretty simple but it's simple on purpose because uh, it's a game about sort of observing and stopping and smelling the roses and taking in the scenery and helping people by taking photos very sweet i'm sure we'll get more of that stuff into them ha 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 incredible nice <laughs> crushed that was um I'm, <laughs> what is, what's next? I'm gonna smash two of them together to keep going fast uh if you like language games heaven's vault and chance of senar are two that i highly recommend uh heaven's vault is a game i played years ago i actually played it on pc i didn't play on switch um but it is a game where you play as this woman who is attempting to decipher this ancient language through all these items she comes across in this like really cool fictional world um so she's she's exploring and she is she is deciphering this language as she goes um and she's she's doing it through context clues so you'll see there's like a well and there's sort of a symbol that looks a little bit like water on the well and then you know okay this is probably the symbol for water and then from there you can sort of extrapolate other pieces of text you see uh that might mean other things and and through talking to people as well and and comparing symbols and reading documents and stuff but it's really cool the way they turn language into puzzle um and the the story which i won't go deep into here is is really really freaking good and deep and actually has room for multiple playthroughs to make sense it's really really cool nice. i would love for like a game like this where you go to decipher things but you can decipher things completely wrong to oh where, yeah like you go to a well and you're like this could be water but it also could mean poison and like and then you just like how you just kind of decipher everything based on that and you're just like people look at you like you're yeah, you, you. I mean, you certainly can get things wrong. There's just not really a consequence for that, except you just don't know what it says. Uh, in well, Heaven's Vault does do some cool stuff too, where it will introduce a word that you have to decode, and you won't know. Like, there's a couple options, and you kind of don't know if it means like water or something else or whatever, and you have to sort of guess, mm-hmm. and then that guess will influence what you think that word means in other contexts. But then at some point you might learn a little thing that's like, oh, I've been kind of misunderstanding what this thing means. So therefore that other thing that I misunderstood is actually means this and and like all the pieces fall into place. So there's a little bit of that where it will let you to a certain degree make mistakes that you then have to figure your own way out of once you have more context. Because the way you explore is very... um, like self-driven yeah it's it's fairly open-ended i mean there's certain things that you have to do in like in a certain order to get to an ending which if i remember it's been a while since i played it if i remember correctly there's a couple different there's there's one way to conclude the game but there are different pathways you can take to get there and different circumstances you can be in when you get there Mm. um but the yeah, you you can miss things. Uh, you can get through the game without having translated everything. There's entire areas you can just skip over uh, or do completely out of order, if I remember correctly, which is there, my favorite. I got really into that game. There's a part where you find this book and it, it's actually kind of hard to get. Like it could really mess you up if you don't do the thing right. Uh, but you get this book and it, it's literally just 
like a whole book in that language. Mm. And you, I just sat there, I was nice. streaming it and I sat there on stream and I forgot I was streaming because I was so focused on just translating page after page after page. Cause I was so into it. Yeah. It was really cool. It's like the Voynich manuscript. Oh, right. Excuse me. That, isn't that the made up thing or the thing they can't We decipher? don't know if it's made up. Nobody's deciphered it. Yeah. But you can, yeah. But they don't know what it is. Nobody knows. Um, similarly with stuff. language games, uh, I recently played and finished Chance of Senar, uh, S-E-N-N-A-A-R, I believe, uh, which is similarly a language and translation game that relies on, that asks the player to solve puzzles by deciphering language by looking into context. Uh, that one relies more on uh, interacting with other characters and communicating with other people. So very early on, you see a character who waves at you and says something and like kind of a symbol that you don't know what it means, but you assume based on their actions, oh, that's probably the, the greeting in their language. They're probably saying hello. Uh, and so you, you sort of extrapolate from there. You're climbing basically a, a fictional tower, well, a, a tower of Babel uh, that's sort of slightly different from the, the traditional legend. And there are five different languages that you encounter as you go up the tower uh, through five different societies. And you have to work to decipher all five of them and come to a better understanding of these societies. And ultimately figure out what the problem is because actually the the problem in chance of senar the thing you are trying to solve and your goal is not really communicated to you until towards the end mm. uh which is is really neat you're just like oh i wonder what's at the top of this tower and then you get there and you're like oh there's a problem but i have the power to solve it because i communicate with people huzzah yeah it's <laughs> really dope uh again less than 10 hours uh super lovely game great for language awesome. nerds anything else uh, really super duper fast. Uh, the last two highly recommend Gora Goa, which is a game I originally played on mobile when it came out. Uh, I find it very difficult to describe. It is a puzzle game that relies on understanding visual language and sort of moving things around in the environment, um, or, or looking oh, at things yeah, in yeah, specific yeah. ways, uh, to, to move forward. And, and then, and then you basically like arrange these four kind of squares in ways that make sense. I'm not describing it very well. Tom, you've played this, right? How would you describe Goragoa? Uh, I would describe it as an Annapurna puzzle game. Great. Okay. That'll do oh, it. That, tell, that <laughs> actually like, does all, tell a lot. I mean, I know that that sounds joking, but that tells me like a lot. Yeah. It's, ba <laughs> it's basically you have a bunch of images that you can sort of take apart and put back together and move around in different ways. And it, it requires using like perspective and observation of the environment to understand like what this. to do. If you're, if you're looking at the video yeah. version of this, you can see what it is. It is a very, yeah, it's a very, app. and you're not wrong to find it difficult because it is a very sort of unique style of puzzle game and how you interact with it and its puzzles, but it's, um, it's a really beautiful one too. It is. Um, and then the, la you had one more, the last one that I believe I've talked about on the show before and that I reviewed for IGN, which you can go read the review, is Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Uh, it was my favorite game a couple of years ago. I don't remember what year that was either because time is meaningless. 2019 or um, 2020? Something like, yeah, that sounds right. Um, but you play, play as a little, it had to have been 2021 because I didn't work at IGN in 2020. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. But uh, you play, play as a little, little fella, a uh, little friend uh, who mysteriously gains the power of this magic paintbrush and is able to use the power of paint to make the world colorful. Um, it has a lot to say about what it means to be a creative and what it means to use art to engage with the world and how that can be very difficult at times when people only know you through your art. Um, and it also has really cool painting mechanics and really clever puzzles and an absolutely gorgeous Lena Rain soundtrack. So chicory, heck yeah. 
Another good soundtrack game. That's it. I'm done. Okay. That was that was There have been great. no other good so, games ever. <laughs> no other good games, which is a bummer. So that leaves it to Tom to tell us some not good games. Oh, you want me to go next? Yes, please. Okay. So some of these games definitely like and I think this has been a trend of the other others listed as well is like not necessarily all hidden gems because the the context I went into it with also was like the switch is approaching the end of its life. Yes. Yeah. There's seven years of incredible games. You've probably missed some, you know, that are really like these are the ones that I think are yeah, also are some of the ones that are worth going back to if you hadn't already if you if you missed them. That's the right context. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, right context. That's why yeah. I put yeah. Astral Chain yeah. in there as well. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Um, so uh, the first one I wanted to mention was a very small game that no one's played called Hollow Knight. Um, <laughs> Nobody, never. No, I'm sorry. I'll mm-hmm. stop. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Hollow Knight's great. Go play it if you haven't. Anyway, um, I, I guess the first one I will say is because I feel like a lot of people pass over uh, Return of the Oberdin mm. based solely on the visual style. Um, this is probably one of the best games I've ever played. It is, Just yeah. like period. It's so good. Um, it's a also one bit, but 3D. So the visuals are like, like I know I talked to Sam Claiborne when it first came out and, and he was like, I, I like he had trouble getting past the visuals, which I think is fully. That's the best part. I mean, but it makes it hard to play sometimes, you know, it's, it is visually uh... sort of very different. And I think that turns a lot of people off from it, but. I grew up playing games on a Macintosh, so this game appeals to me. The, the The concept of this game is that you are an insurance investigator who's showing up on a boat where okay, ev- now you lost me. everyone is dead already or missing, and you just are like trying to piece together. You have a ledger of the entire crew and a little pocket watch that lets you see the listen to the last moments of their life with a black screen, and then you get to on the moment that they die it flashes in and you can walk around the like a frozen moment in time of them dying in that moment and with all that is the only thing every time you find a corpse you can do that and so you have to take this ledger and a couple other tiny little clues and basically piece together who everyone is how they died and if they were killed who killed them basically um and it is just one of the greatest games I've like it, it's that and uh the Out, Outer Wilds are two games mm-hmm. where I mm-hmm. wish I could just fully wipe my brain and play them again because there is nice. no other video game I think that is exactly mm. the same sort of experience or feeling or in the like the closest you can get I think with Oberdin is something like uh th- th- um oh goodness the Telling Lies games yeah uh, the, that sort of I can't remember the names. Yeah. Immortality the, was immor- yes, not, immortality. Among us. Right. Not exactly reason, like that, but yeah, right, exactly. Not exactly like that, but like kind of the closest you can get. Um, and the reason it's so incredible, and this is the thing that I think sets it apart so widely in my mind as something that was like so unique, is it's an investigation game where all of the investigation quote unquote mechanics are not really mechanics they are you looking at the environment piecing together with visual clues and audio clues what happened to these people and who they are and the amount of information that you can get out of like you'll go into these situations and you'll just be like i don't how am i supposed to find out 
who any of these people are. And then hours later, you'll everything will be falling into place. It makes you feel so, so smart. It is so rewarding I in a that. way that like, you know, a quest log investigation game kind of doesn't really provide the same experience. It is just... It is phenomenal. I, I cannot right. recommend this game highly enough to anybody who has even a remote interest in puzzle games, really. This year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN and I could watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with like Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Yeah, so Oberdin, not like necessarily a hidden gem, but an absolute phenomenal game that if you skipped it, don't. It's just it's just so good. I said um, I'm not going to skip it. <laughs> a, a couple other games that I've definitely mentioned on the show before that I'll just I'll go quickly on. Tinykin came out yeah. a couple years ago. Yes, I, I remember it. that one. Um, it's like, it looks sort of like Pikmin on the surface, but it is actually closer to something like the Banjo-Kazooie era platformer mm-hmm, modernized. Yeah. Um, really, really fun little 3D platformer. Not super long. Very Fantastic cute. art style. Uh, very fun for collector completionist type players too. There's a lot yeah. to do there and it's all pretty clearly laid out for you. Uh, yeah. Another one that I've also talked about, I know I've talked about on the show before is um, Far Loan Sales is just a phenomenal, like if you like Inside or Limbo or that style of platformer, it is I do. super, super interesting, kind of intimate uh side-scrolling game where you're in this machine that you have to keep running um and you have to fuel it up and it's only i think like three hours long the reason i'm mentioning that game also is because it got a sequel called far changing tides kind of recently i actually like the original more and it's only like i think it's literally like three dollars on the eShop right now so it's like Mm -hmm. really really cheap because it's older uh i'd highly recommend starting with the original far loan sales and if you if you're really into it you can track out the uh, changing tides um so those are a couple games i've definitely mentioned before i know um it gives me kind of like a side-scrolling like ftl kind of vibes is what it was looking like like, because you're like moving around and interacting with things yeah the you're like running different little systems if you uh, lovers in a dangerous space time was another game where you're kind of like running around a big ship doing like operating different systems in your ship um not a roguelike to be clear this but yeah similar sort of vibe of turn in that sense uh, another game that's definitely not, <laughs> definitely not an indie game, and definitely not small. But like, if you are a strategy or tactics game fan, or if in the last few years you maybe picked up Fire Emblem, one of the Fire Emblem games, and went, "Hey, I'm actually really into this. I'd like to play more things in the same vein." Uh, Valkyria Chronicles One and Four yeah. are in a bundle on Switch. I, I think oh. for forty dollars US for both of them, and they are. Valkyria Chronicles is like one of is is in my top ten games. It is mm-hmm. one of my favorite games ever, ever, ever. Um, and it's I got cool. the special edition of four. And oh, I, nice. I just yeah. It's cool that they're in a bundle because another situation where I think the story is significantly better. <laughs> not maybe not significantly, but I definitely think the story is better in one. And I think the gameplay changes they made in four are just better. And no, you don't need to play two or three, which I think are only available on like PSP or something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, some rando. So you don't have to worry about missing the middle. Uh, this is a. Oh gosh, what's the best way to put it? I put it in my my review a million years ago. I can't remember the exact wording, but it's like a JRPG real-time turn-based third-person shooter tactics game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a I couldn't have said Amazing. it better myself. It, it's insane. It's in an alternate reality World War II with magic, and you're controlling your units on this battlefield, and you have looking down at them on a top 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 top-down tactical map but then when you select one you zoom in and you're actually controlling them in third person and it's you can move and control them directly and then enemies will shoot at you while you're moving but then as soon as you press like the aim button it goes back into turn-based so you have to make these decisions where you can't just like run out into enemy fire when you're positioning yourself but also you have 
the ability to make sort of like very careful decisions in, in a turn-based tactics style. It's it's so unique and so, so, so good for anybody mm-hmm. who loves tactics here, strategy games. And I don't even like tactics and strategy games, and I like Valkyria. There you go. So. So those are slightly older, not super old, but on the older side. So if you if you come around to strategy games in the last few years, those ones are really really worth going back for. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else. I, I put down a million games, so I'll, I'll continue to go quickly. Uh, another kind of cool, fun one that's weird and unique. I'm trying to pick a lot of interesting games. Was Battle Chef Brigade? This is one I'm sure mm-hmm. we talked about on the show years ago when it came out. Uh, but this is a match three slash uh side scrolling beat em up game where you are like it's like iron chef the match three part is iron chef where you're competing Hell to yeah. make delicious food but then to get the ingredients you got to run out the back door of the kitchen and you're in a side scrolling action game and you kill monsters and then pick <laughs> up their ingredients and run back into the kitchen and put them in a pot and cook them it's it's really again very strange but a, a, a genuinely high quality game i love when ideas like that work out when somebody's like, I'm going to mash up these weird genres that don't sound like they should go together. And then it actually just, they, they figure out how to make it very, very fun. Um, uh, I definitely mentioned this one on the show too, but again, it's been years since this came out. So I wanted to give it another a love if you haven't played it. Do it. Uh, Yoku's Island Express is also worth going mm-hmm. back for. It's a pinball Metroidvania. Once again, strange mashup of genres, but it's, Into a, it. it's a side-scrolling Metroidvania game, but when you you are a little stink bug mailman who's rolling around a little ball of mail and you have to go around all the island delivering the mail and the way you do that a lot of the times is by pushing this little ball into what are essentially pinball boards and have flippers and instead of a jump button you have to get onto these flippers and bumpers and kind of knock your way around the map and it's a full metroidvania just with this pinball movement mechanic uh and it's it's also just one of those things that sounds like it would be weird and works so seamlessly and fluidly that it, you're surprised there aren't more games like it suddenly, you know? Uh, stop me if, if anybody wants to jump in on any of these. And, and I, no, I there's like four of these on your list that I'm like eagerly waiting for you to get to. Okay, okay, <laughs> then I'll keep going. Uh, I'll do a quick shout out to a game called, which I've done, no, we've definitely, uh, Lily definitely called out on this show a million years ago, uh, which is the Adventure Yo, Pals. Shout out to Lily. And the, the Sorry, say again, I, which one? The Adventure Pals. Mm. And one of the reasons I call out the Adventure Pals is because you might know the developer's most recent game, Cult of the Lamb. Ah. Massive. 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 Yeah, Massive Monster, I think. Massive Monster. That's what it is. Uh, And the Adventure Pals was a, I believe it has co-op side-scrolling sort of action game. And it's got the same sort of, that they're so, they make such cute games, right? And this one is not as creepy, but it's it's a really just very, very fun side-scrolling action game if, if people are into that sort of thing or we're looking for something with co-op, you know, to hold you over to wonder or whatever. Uh, so that's a quick one. Another phenomenal one, if we want to talk, go back to Annapurna, is Sayonara Wild Hearts. Yeah! This game is... I, I think when this game came out, I said... I said to people in the office, I was like, I'm glad I didn't review this because I don't think I could have not given it a 10. (laughs) It's like a 45 minute game. And it's essentially a concept album that you then play through this sort of like dodging obstacles uh, game mechanic. It's beautiful. The music is phenomenal. It's you can literally beat it in an hour because it's just this album that you're playing through. I listen to the soundtrack all the time. It's it's such a cool game. Um, if you're, I, I will say, 
but maybe watch the trailer and if it's like not your genre of music probably you won't be into it as a whole but if you're like bobbing your head you will you will enjoy the rest of the game i promise okay yeah siren our wild hearts is time for super one super. more time for one, one more? more tom pick yeah oh my goodness uh well, let me just read, I know it's hard. Let me read the ones that I just wrote down, which is like okay. Wilmot's Warehouse is a great organizing game. Uh, Spiritfarer, I've definitely Ooh, talked about, yeah. is just an Love incredible Spiritfarer. game, to, like dealing with death in a really cool way as a platformer. Uh, Lonely Mountains Downhill is this awesome downhill mountain biking game. Uh, Monster Train, if you're a fan of Slay the Spire, absolutely play Monster Train. Monster Train is, I think comparable to slay the spire although maybe in my opinion not as like infinitely replayable um and then hypnospace outlaw i don't know yes. if this game is out on p like how this game would play to feel not or how it would feel to play mm. not on pc right but seth you need to play his hypnospace oh, i know outlaw. i know i know it's a everyone is told you would it's a game up. where you are you're like a 90s it's a 90s pc internet simulator basically <laughs> where you are like a mod going around looking for people breaking the internet law it's like very very <laughs> funny and fun um but the last game i will actually give a little more time to if you have not played this i know i've mentioned it before as well but uh is a game called crosscode it's, it's a top-down action rpg that came out a number of years ago and sort of blew people away with how much it had because it's this really indie game. Um, but like graphics in the vein of if, if you've been playing Sea of Stars lately mm -hmm. and it is, it's so unbelievably deep and yeah. huge and yeah. it's, it's very, very fun. And the idea is that it's like you're playing your character is going to this basically like MMO world sort of. So mm -hmm. like it feels like an MMO, but it's single player. It's fully single player. And it's, gosh, it's just the combat is really good. The story is really good. It is shockingly long and big and has so much to dig into. So if you're a, if you are a fan of action RPGs or like pixelated RPG games, CrossCode is... It, it, I think mandatory for any fan of that genre. I don't. I don't say that very often, but it feels like one of those ones that really slips by people's radars and is just so so much better than you would ever think. Looking at it as just like another pixelated indie RPG, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, also, really good if you're a fan of like the dot hack, mm -hmm. either games or right. anime or just like, like a, Sword yeah. Art Online just or that kind of theme that style. Yeah. The yeah. the vibe of of being in this very elaborate, like like living within this very elaborate MMO where something has gone potentially awry. Uh, it really like delivers on that feeling specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I slept on this one for a while and when i got to it i was like why why did i wait so long to play this game it's just yeah it, i literally could not play anything else until i finished this game because it was that good like this is kind of a backhanded compliment and i don't mean it that way but it is like it's unexpectedly good yeah right it is it is sure. you i think looking at it on the surface you would not think it is like quite as impressive as it ends up being <laughs> I'll put it this way. So I didn't okay. expect it to be as long as it was. Like right, I, exactly. I went in lo like looking at the, sort of the visual style and the, and the pitch and the premise and everything. Like I 15, thought 15, 20 hours. I thought 20, 30 max. Yeah. Uh, what's it tap I out think, at? I think 100? I think I put in Whoa. 45, 50 it's for it. It's long. It's got some depth. And not in a bad way, though. I mean, it keeps, you, it keeps yeah, you with it. Taking. 
Like I, I, I want to, I, I wanted and to keep going. It doesn't feel agonizing. How long, how long to beat says 53 hours for main and sides. Okay. Well, yeah. maybe Ooh. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it was quite long. And they added a DLC to it. There's a, right. right. They added, had a DLC that dropped, I think last year or the year before. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, there's, so there's even more stuff. It's yeah. even longer. So that's now. a big pile of games that I love and don't want you to forget about in the last, you know, seven years. I literally went through a list of like since the Switch came out and was like, <laughs> what do I really want to like tell people that are is worth going back for and trying again? Yeah. They missed it. For everybody going, oh no, the Switch is near the end of its life cycle. It doesn't have any good new games coming out. Well, I bet you didn't play all the ones we just listed, so get on it yeah i didn't and i try to play everything do (laughs) hey everyone it's red the producer just hijacking the podcast real quick because i have a few of my own personal recommendations and i don't have a lot of time so uh yeah let's get this started um 13 sentinels aegis rim developed by vanillaware uh kaiju and time travel it's amazing Please go play it. Uh, let's move on. Um, the case of the Golden Idol. Uh, Return of the Open as Tom Mark said. Celeste, Strange Horticulture, Dredge, Inscription, Steamroll Dig 2, Katana Zero, Eastward, and a little gem called Horus. That's really good. It's about a, a, a robot that gets brought up into this family and stuff happens. It's really cute. Okay, gotta go get the thing now. Okay, bye. Also, uh, this week's NVC column is going to be about these games, as well as other people like who've been on NVC are throwing in their suggestions as well. But I'm going to real rapid fire my picks. Axiom Verge 2, I never shut up about it. It's a game that I started playing. I never actually played the first. I have I own the first, but I never played it. Played the second one, and it was one of those games I was telling Jada, I was like, oh, I'm playing this every night until I'm done. And I did that, and I love it. We were talking about this in the planning meeting, and like after I saw the suggestion for it in there, I was like, oh, I have that downloaded. Let me go ahead and try it. I lost like three hours of my night playing that game because I was like, this is so good. And I was like, I I almost contemplated stealing it from Seth for this list so it could fit in my ah list of games. (laughs) I would have been honored. (laughs) <laughs> make a, a quintuple a list so <laughs> the other one um i picked this one boomerang x and then i saw news that the developer's shutting down oh yeah it's very sad it yeah. yeah but the developer dang yeah they were working on boomerang x2 this one was one of those like i think uh tom either you or dan was like do you want to check out this game like no no stress if you do and i was like and i checked it out and i was like i need to review this game because this game rules it's not like super fast or uh, super long i think it's maybe like three or four hours but it's fun it's pretty challenging and it's different and it's the closest thing we've had to like a metroid first person game even though it's not but if you play it you'll know what i mean panzer paladin another game that i reviewed that i loved a lot loop hero i never shut up about that (laughs) Uh, in the earlier days before it came to switch that game rules and then arcade paradise is the most fun you'll ever have uh washing socks um that game is weird and awesome and everyone should check that one out so there it is like i said we're going to put these into our column this week um so if you missed any don't worry about it there'll be more this is like a it's like a we're eating good in the switch world like this is i would dare say that the switch's library is the best of all time for any game system ever wow that's a that's a bold claim this is a bold claim well it's a true claim I think it's up there, so, certainly. Like it's no, it's it very, very is, it's high up there, up there at the top. It's the number one 
game library of all time. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because even if there was only one game and that game were Tears of the Kingdom, it would win <laughs> against all the others. That's the best game ever created by human beings. A little <laughs> game, a little indie called Tears of the Kingdom. So, yeah. all right. Like we were saying at the top of the show, Tom has been gone. Uh, but real quickly, Tom, you came back. You've got this beautiful little baby now. You're excited to be back to work, but you're a little bleary-eyed because you have a baby. You can't sleep, and then you're... Your life is hectic, and then you reviewed a really horrible video game. Let's talk about Avatar. Yeah. Uh, I reviewed Avatar Quest for Balance. I don't know why I did. I wanted to (laughs) hurt myself. I was in too good of a mood, I guess. No, this is a game that we saw. Like, it got announced, like, three months ago, and then they were like, hey, it's coming out in a couple months. And we were like, oh, okay. And I saw the trailers, and I was like, I don't know about that. But people have been waiting for a good Avatar The Last Airbender game. Keep waiting, folks. For so long. Uh, This is not it. It's It's just real bad. To be clear, I did this to myself. I chose to review this game. But it's just, like a mess of a thing it is so clunky the combat is bad the way it retells the story is sort of embarrassing and rude to the source material um as people watching like so much of the game is turned into just like sliding block puzzles rather than anything else yeah this looks like an iphone game circa 2011 like all the game play mechanics the there's so much of the game is built around these puzzles where the like conceit of the puzzle is that you can't jump while you're holding a torch and you got to get a torch to a different place yourself and it's like the avatar can the avatar can literally fly and it's like, no, you can't get past that beam of water that he can control with a torch. <laughs> it's just it's it just feels so poorly thought out. Um, I don't I don't know fully what happened here. It feels like it feels like they got to a minimum viable product and then the publisher or whoever I don't assume to know how game development works was like, okay, we just gotta get this out the door. Because if they had a, like a couple more years making this, it probably would have benefited greatly from it it just feels super super rushed and super like it's just not good if it's very everything i'm seeing on the screen just looks the bit that we're watching right now if you know the avatar series is like a very emotional like it it was basically showing a a comic book retelling Mm -hmm. style retelling of what what in the show is a very like hard emotional episode and like character moment for ang what do they just like breeze over that there's no no literally literally this is the review it cut off but literally right after that panel of momo shows up being goofy it shows the literal corpse of his teacher like on the ground and it's like (laughs) ang found his dead teacher anyway moving on do this sliding block puzzle it's like ridiculous when it how much often it does that i know that's what um, I do when I lose a loved one that was murdered. I, I go out and block. solve puzzles and, you know. Yeah. No, and literally, you know, I, we think, all I think deal that, with grief in our own way. I so. genuinely think that the scene right after that, because it just sort of glosses over that episode where he discovers that all of his airbending friends are dead. And then it's like, here's a temple run knockoff where you're riding an elephant koi. Play that now. Uh. And you're like, but what about why? But why? Well, we, we could have done that other Ugh. thing right <laughs> and it's, it's no it's uh, just it's it's a really really baffling game it's very unfortunate i i don't like just bashing on games for no reason no. but this is i give it a four this is the lowest score i've given a game since balan wonder world and i Oof. i i had hope that it would 
maybe be something kind of interesting, but it's just it's just not. Has there, this is a licensed has there ever property. been a good Avatar game? They have money to make things that have a little more care put into them than this. Yes. So I don't want to get... This is the same publisher that made Nerf Legends, which I believe we gave mm. a two. Sounds right. Uh, um, th- this is like, th- I think they do a lot of licensed things and some of them are Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl or Nickelodeon Kart Racers. Sure. And others are Quest for Balance and Nerf Legends. And it's just like the consist, like the quality consistency is really, I believe it's called Game Mill Entertainment is the publisher. And they just like, some of the things feel very rushed. Some of the things feel like they've had a lot of care put into them, but they mostly do these licensed things and it's very hit and miss from what I've seen. That's kind of the story of licensed video games generally, right? Sure. Like, I mean, we all, I mean, it's, Seth, you're a little, you're a little over, older than the three of us, but I, I remember growing up. But we grew up in, in an era where you go, you could go to like a Walmart and they would have a giant bin out outside the video game technology (laughs) section Mm -hmm. that was full of like 10 20 discount video games and you'd rifle through it and it would be almost entirely licensed games and the quality level was real hit or miss like there are there are so many licensed games that were just bad and unmemorable and not not worth your time at all but every once in a while you'd get one or two where you're like yeah that was that was really like i I very distinctively remember the lord of the rings games or at least one of them being two towers Two, two towers, towers. yeah, yeah two towers, towers specifically was, was quite good mm-hmm. um and and there's there's like a handful of other licensed games out there that i know are very beloved to people but by and large it's i i i think it's because <clears throat> licensed video games in general are very often not conceived because somebody had a really good idea that fit perfectly within a specific licensed property it they exist yeah. because somebody who had an IP thought, let's do a video game. Let's capitalize. Let's and capitalize then, on the pop the popularity yeah. of this new movie and or then, TV show. And then just and found someone to spit it out as quickly and as under budget as there's possible. There's also the the problem of like the telephone game meets too many cooks, mm-hmm. where sure. you know knowing somebody who worked as like the middle person between like a licensee and a developer. Uh, it's a nightmare every little change has to go up mm-hmm. to like the chain and then somebody has to approve it and then they bring it back down and then they change their mind and things get watered down and washed out and it's terrible yeah and, yeah um, and like licensed games we went through that era where they were really bad there was a thought time where most of them were pretty bad we've gotten to a point south park for nintendo 64 yeah, well south park for 64 was fine but south park's chef's love shack that was the bad That's one the yes one. um <laughs> <laughs> uh We've gotten to a point now where they're starting to get a lot better. The newer South Park games are great. Yep. Stick oh. of Truth, Fractured Butt. Star, Star Wars games are great. Star Wars games are doing Marvel well. Spider-Man. We're looking forward to Wolverine oh, yeah. coming. Yeah, the, Mar- the Marvel stuff has been Marvel on... st- Well, hit or miss. Avengers, it's, it's I... Generally... I, generally hitting. Like, I enjoyed Avengers, but I know it's not a great game that a lot of people did not enjoy. Sure. Um, great story mode, fair, but very repetitive. I, sounds like it's probably better well, yeah, than Avatar. <laughs> and that's, that's what I was going to say is Avengers specifically is an interesting case. I reviewed it. The story mode of that game was fun. Fantastic. Right? The story mode of that game was not bad. And yeah. then th- it was the live service stuff that felt like it was the really big miss there. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of missed in a different way than just like the bargain bin licensed game does. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we had old good ones too. Marvel Ultimate Alliances were great back in the day. One in, one better than two. Oh, yeah. uh, two was fine, but one was better. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think we're getting to a point where it's like, I think developers are getting smarter about things that they 
uh, they decide to take on for an IP license, like Firaxis did Midnight Suns. It's right in their wheelhouse, strategy games. And I thought it, I really enjoyed Midnight Suns. I know a lot of people don't like card games and their strategy stuff because it feels too random. But I will say, if you haven't played Midnight Suns, go play Midnight Suns because it gets a lot better the more time you put into it because you customize things out and then you just set up some amazing wombo combos. Yeah. Games as a baseline gonna, are so much more expensive to make now. It takes so much more time to make. That's also true. I think if you are somebody at the at a corporation that has something and you think, oh, let's make a video game, and then you look at the prices just for baseline video games, you immediately go, well, nah, yep. that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and so yep. you, we maybe I do think it's correct that we have far less just sort of churned out licensed nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna bring this. I'm gonna bring this back around. Yeah. We were talking about. How I'm way older than you. I remember going to Sears and picking through the $1 Atari 2600 and ColecoVision games because a licensed game had caused the industry to collapse. That was, of course, the ET game, which not, you know, Atari made a lot of mistakes, but that was kind of the, the, the thing that broke the dam back in the 80s. But yeah, good times to just have your parents throw you into a bin full of video games and tell you, pick out five. All right. <laughs> We talked so much about games that we like. Now we have to talk about games that we hate. Just kidding. I don't do that. <laughs> but we're actually going to go to question block. Let's do it. So that we can answer some questions from you, the audience. Send them to nvc at ign.com with the subject line. And I can't, I can't stress this enough. The subject line has to be question block or else it gets filtered out and I don't see it. I have a catch-all little inbox for question block stuff to go. Please, for the love of God, question block. That's all you need to put. Okay. Andres, Villa, Villa, oh, Andres Villalba asks, what's the first video game you ever played and what is the first Nintendo game? that you ever played. Tom, I want to start with you. What's the first video game you ever played? And if it's the same game, like that's even better. Um, I don't remember the exact timing because I was super young. Uh, so the first Nintendo system I ever had, my family ever had was a Super Nintendo. And I do distinctly remember playing Link to the Past very, very young. My mom would tell Hell, me. Hell yes. Yeah. What a great first game. My mom would told me that she would stay up after me and my brother went to sleep and and play Link to the Past. But then also she we would do that with we would play Mist with her on her computer a lot. Um, oh, that's not really a game. <laughs> All right. Oh, wow. Wow. Shots fired. So those are Oh yeah, games... sorry Mist fans. Sorry Misties. <laughs> that's <laughs> those character are the games from that I remember mo earliest, right? Cuz I was extremely young when we were playing those. Um okay. His what? Link to the Past came out in what? 1990. 91? 91. It came out in 91, and I was born in 91. So, like, it's. Mm. Sorry, oh Seth. Oh, my God. Dude. Sorry, You're... Seth. And now Were you all three born in the 90s, by the way? Were you all, all yeah. born no, in the I'm 90s? No, I'm an 80s baby. Whoa. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, Seth, let me make you feel really old. I was born wow. in 91, and now I have a child. Tom, don't you and I have, like, a very close birthday or something? Didn't we establish that at some point? I think so. I think I remember that conversation, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, Tom anyway, and I are the, the exact same age. Yes, it's true. <laughs> We're twins. Um, yes. <laughs> no, yeah, so I, I think it was probably one of those. Link to the Past okay. is probably the right answer. That's a pretty good... That's a pretty good first game. All right, Jada, in the 80s. In the 80s. What do you remember? Uh, so my first game is, uh, I was like two, 
three year old, years old, barely able to hold a controller. Um, but I also got to hold a gun um, because um, Super Mario, original Super Mario and Duck Hunt was my first okay. combination game. That's why you're pro crabs having guns. Yes, that's why I'm pro crabs yep. hunting. Yeah, you know, anytime you get mm -hmm. to shoot birds out of the skies in a video game, I'm all for it. Um, that also might explain why I kill. I, I like to shoot deer in video games, um, even if it doesn't give you anything. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's just that's <laughs> just a part of my upbringing. Thanks, mom and dad. I hate deer um, so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, original Mario and Duck Hunt. I was terrible at both. Uh, I was two years old, so you know, forgive me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I was sitting there just trying to make Mario jump and move across the screen. Um, I think the furthest that I, I probably ever made it was probably World Two Dash Two at two. Um, but you know, I take that as a, I take that as a, pretty yeah, it's pretty good, old. pretty good. I was my, I remember my dad sitting there with me, and you know. Uh, just uh, kind of nice. working through it. Honestly, so. being able to coordinate a jump over a over anything. Oh, I died many times. Really I died many times, and he told me I used to cry. A gamer. He, he told me I cried a lot, <laughs> but it's okay. It was two. That's you know. And then when Jada was four, she figured out the minus world. Glitch, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was me. That was nice. That's a good one. All right, Reb. No pressure. Nineties. It's it's gonna be like. It's going to be a game. You will, never, game you will actually never guess. Game. This is like the first video the game first, I ever played. First video game you ever, ever, ever played. And then the first Nintendo game that you ever played. Same, same one. Uh, you will absolutely never guess this. It is a wild deep cut. Donkey Kong 64. It is a wild deep cut. <laughs> no it's older kids. than you expect. Uh, older than I expect. I'm going to say you played like Kid Icarus or something. No. Uh, it was on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, no. Uh, when I was a child okay. of roughly five, six years of age, I was in the after-school program because my parents couldn't pick in me 1997. up. 1997. Uh, my, my parents couldn't pick me up right after school, so I had to go to the after-school program for a couple hours. And they had a Nintendo Entertainment System. And it had, it, I mean, it had many games. It had, it had Mario. It had, they, it had Duck Hunt, but they took the gun away, so we couldn't play it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, there was a crab in the in the class. It, it had Marble Madness, which trouble. I remember very fondly. Oh man, I um, love Marble Madness. But the the first, and it had Legend of Zelda as well. Uh, but the first one I actually played was this weird game called Milan Secret Castle. Oh Ooh. my God! Wow, uh, that is a deep it cut. It is. Which, if you do not know, Milan's Secret Castle. It is. It is Mario like. It is a. It is a platformer where you play as a little dude uh, who can shoot bubbles uh, that, that do damage to enemies, and it you. It, it's weirdly, it's almost kind of open world because you start, it's, it, there's this castle outside and you can go into the doors in any order, but some of them you just like, yeah, there it is. That's Milan's secret castle. Some of them you just physically can't reach uh, until you you unlock like ladders and pathways and stuff. Uh, but you you enter these rooms and each room is kind of a different level and they're, they're very open-ended and the majority of progress is made by shooting bubbles at at various walls and blocks until you find ones that break and give you like the key to move on uh as you can see yep. in the gameplay we're watching there's absolutely no telling unless you already know which ones are going to break and which ones don't uh so it's very it's very difficult to progress in this game and as as you know children tend to be at games i was not good at this 
uh, the thing to do uh, well, to, because we you, had a 10 minute. To be fair, it's not a good game. No, not so. especially. Uh, the, uh, we had time limits because we're playing in the after school program. So we could only play. We had a little uh, egg timer and we would set it for 10 minutes. And after 10 minutes, it would ring and you had to give up the controller to the next person in line. Uh, and so you can't get very far in this game in 10 minutes. And the thing most people did was not know how to play, walk all the way to the right like you do in Mario, jump off the edge and end up in the well, which is super dangerous. Uh, and you would usually either die yep. or just be completely it's unable to get out. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, I have balance. I have terrible fond memories of this game. Never got anywhere. Yeah, well, that's okay. It's not a good game. It's it's an earlier NES game. I can't quite I can't remember who the developer is, but it's one of those ones that, that I, I'm feeling like was one of those ones that just made like that kind of crappy game that wasn't that great. But it was early. The early Nintendo games, they're still figuring things out. Yeah. So. All right, now I'm going to talk about how old I am again. The first game, I don't, re I don't know if I played it, but I remember the first video game I ever saw was that really bad version of Pac-Man on Atari. Oh man, I remember seeing it. I don't remember like whose house it was. It was like friends of my parents, and they had like a older kid. Well, he's older than me. I was probably four. He was like eight or nine, and he was down in the basement playing. And I just sat there and just was like. Oh my god this is the most incredible thing i've ever seen in my life he's moving that stick and then the little thing on the screen is moving and uh, i like i said i don't remember if i actually played it one of the worst ports of all time <laughs> look oh, at how bad that is god the atari 2600 i have no fondness for that machine whatsoever but this was the first game. I think it was even on like a black and white TV. Ugh. So, but yeah, I was hooked. I was like, I gotta, I gotta see more. I like, I need to make this my life. And I did. Good for me. Um, first Nintendo game I ever played. I definitely hundred percent remember going over my friend, Daniel. What up? Shout out to Daniel Bowles. He lives in Burlington, Vermont. Now I think he's a, like a journalist. Oh, cool. He's doing all right. Good for him. Um, shout out to his whole family. They're wonderful people. Um, yeah. So we go over there and his dad would always just be like, oh, I went to a yard sale. I bought an Atari 2600. I bought an Atari 5200. He would just like bring home like an Intellivision. He got a like yard sale. So we would just go to Daniel's and we would play all these really bad games. And then one day he's like, dude, you got to come over for a sleepover. He didn't say dude because it was, you know, like 1986. <laughs> anyway, he was like, you got to come over for a sleepover. We rented this Nintendo thing. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, Ooh. obviously I'll come over for a sleepover. And then, I mean, it was like the scales fell off my eyes. Like, I, we'd only seen these crappy, you know, Intellivision, Coleco, Atari 5200 consoles. And then there was this little man, a little plumber from Italy. You might know his name, Giuseppe. He was working on the sink and he's like, hey, you got to play this Mario game. So we played Super Mario Brothers. That is the first game. And I, yeah. it, was, it was so, it was more mind blowing than the first time I saw a video game, period. Because I was like, there's a point to this. <laughs> the games before that, there was no point. You just got points. Like you say, like yeah. I said, the joke you're making earlier, like you just got points. You get to the highest level you could. But I was like, wait a minute. And then my friend's like, dude, dude, no, wait. Push down on that pipe. And I was like, okay. Oh my God. There was something <laughs> just such a mind blowing experience that seared into my memory. Two of my three most um, uh, like sort of biggest jumps forward in video gaming were Mario games, which was the original Mario and then Mario 64. Like I haven't felt that way playing a video game other than the first time I did VR. It was like such a shift in the way things were. So that was the very first Nintendo game I ever played. Super Mario Brothers, shout out to the Bowles family 
out there in Burlington, Vermont. That's where they live now. Used to live in Maine. Friends with my family. Okay. I rambled a little bit too long. I apologize <laughs> for that. I get excited. Never apologize. Josh Gowing asked, and we only have we only have about two minutes. Fast. So this is gonna have to be like rapid fire. Besides Donkey Kong 64, what is a game that is widely recognized as terrible that you still love? First off, no, I'm just gonna throw it to Reb. Reb, what's a game that you love that is generally felt as a terrible game? Uh, so pick someone else really quick. Quest 64. Okay, uh, I loved this Ooh, RPG. Wow, I've back never on the, heard anybody say that. Uh, it, it is not a great RPG, but I loved it back in the day. I had to rent it multiple times until I was able to actually find a physical cartridge and buy it on my own Old when I got older. Uh, but I love the ability to just kind of build your character differently, which was a thing I didn't really experience in RPGs back in the day where you could choose, do, do I want to be a fire mage? Do I want to be a water mage? It was Avatar um, without being Avatar. Uh, you had fire, <laughs> water, earth, and wind. Um, and... And depending on how you upgraded the combination of skills, you would get different spells and stuff. And there was buffs, debuffs, uh, damage, all types of different spells. It was great. I loved it. All right. All right. I remember enjoying One and only person. I've... All right. All right, Tom, what about you? What's a terrible game that's generally recognized as terrible that you love? Well, A, I, I, I will not stand for Donkey Kong 64 slander. I love that game. Neither will yeah, we. Yeah, same. But B, uh, probably this is heavily based on nostalgia, but Bubsy. <laughs> I played the crap out of Bubsy when I was a little kid okay. and didn't know any better. And it is like the like the first Bubsy. To the point where like a good one. the well, tone the okay one. and mute like the music, because you die so much in that first level because it's Ugh. it's a terrible game that like I remember him the way the tone he says, what could possibly go wrong at the beginning of that? Like every, oh man, Bubsy will stay with me. I, I know it's not good, but it does stay with it's me. It's fine. That's the point here. Reb, what do you got? Uh, I, I looked it up and it's apparently not regarded as as bad as I think it was, but a, a little DS game called Contact uh, by Grasshopper Ooh, that yeah. I really liked. Contact. Uh, oh, it was, and it was her dad the whole time. <laughs> no, uh, it was it was touted as sort of an Earthbound like, and I think it disappointed a lot of people because it wasn't it it wasn't quite as funny wow. and it wasn't quite as deep. But I really dig the ending to that game, and I wish they had made okay. a sequel. And the little dog Mochi was so cute. That's a cute, that is actually a cute looking game. I'm going to say real quick before we go, the uh, Faxanity for the NES. I love that game. It's not really well regarded, but I still love it. Nonetheless, it's got some cool RPG elements. It's got some cool graphics and you climb a big tree and there's elves and dragons and stuff. And that's what uh, 12 year old me was super into 12 year old me and 45 year old me. All right. But that's all the time we have for this week's NVC podcast. My uh, um, outro has been deleted accidentally, so I'm just going to wing it. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like and a nice comment. If you are listening to us on a podcast platform, please leave us a review. It helps spread the good NVC word. Reb, Jada, Tom, thank you all so much. Red, shout out on the ones and the twos. And remember, Nintendo Voice Chat is the only podcast where you can get the thing. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.